0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through New Beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are finishing up our series this weekend, Real Relationships. And I hope this series has been as much of a blessing to you as it's been to me. And so let's jump into it. Amen. You ready? Okay. We are created in the image and likeness of God. And as we've been finding out over the past couple weeks, God is not a God of isolation. God loves company. Amen. God loves to be around others. Amen. 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 Okay, good. Relationships are extremely valuable to our lives, spiritually speaking. Uh, Relationships are the only way that you and I are going to be able to walk out things in our life Relationships are the vehicle that cause us to be able to kind of get an inventory of ourselves and see, you know, what's happening here? What am I doing wrong? Where do I need to work on some things? Where do I need to improve my love walk? Where do I need to improve my forgiving skills? Without another person involved in your life or other people in your life, there is no incentive for you to change. We change because either we're nagged to death by somebody... Or we change because out of the love in our hearts, we want to be a blessing to somebody else. How many of you know you've had to change some things in your life in order to survive? Amen. Good. All right. Jesus himself has given us instructions, as we've been finding out these past few weeks, uh, along these lines, the priorities of life. And we find those instructions in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 35. One of them, it says that one of them, an expert in the law, tested him, speaking of Jesus, with this question teacher which is the greatest commandment in the law jesus replied love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself so we've been studying that three components here loving god loving coming to the place of loving ourselves, so that we can love others amen Amen. come on let me know you're there let me know you're there all right Number one, we started out the series Loving God. It's a matter of priority. Jesus said it's the greatest commandment because it sets the foundation for all other relationships. And what we've been finding out is that when a person does not have a good, strong, solid relationship with God, it is going to affect our relationships with others. Amen? So for those of you that are in a relationship already or for those of you that are looking for a relationship in the future... Please make sure that you find somebody that loves God more than yourself. In fact, let's practice that. Turn to somebody next to you and say to them, please, go ahead, please, for the love of God, love God. Love love him more than me. Amen? That's what we want. People say, no, I want to be first in somebody's life. No, 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 I don't want to be first in somebody's life. I want to be second. I want that person to put God first. Put God first, because in that person, when that person that you're in relationship with or individuals that you're in relationship with, when they are committed to put God first, they're going to treat you different. Amen. So without a relationship with God, we know that we, don't, we do not have the ability to love others. That is the only state that we are ever going to launch into a good, healthy, godly relationship, a relationship that's gonna be beneficial to someone, a relationship that's not gonna send that person to counselors and to prayer every single week, okay? We want that kind of relationship. It always starts out with our relationship with God. Number two, we found out last weekend that according to Jesus, the next priority in life or healthy relationships, we'll put it that way, is we must love ourselves. And you know, I I wanna balance this out because sometimes we go too far. In that direction. and we're not talking about the stuck up, arrogant love for self that the world promotes. In other words, a self-worship. That is not. Oh, dear God, the worst kind of relationship you can be in is being in a relationship with somebody like that, like that. Because they don't need you. They're so in love with themselves, they don't need you. Okay? Romans chapter twelve, verse three. We read in the Passion Translation, the Passion paraphrase, I should say. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. There is a self-esteem that's appropriate. There is a self-esteem. There is a love for self. There is a self-worship that is demonically inspired because that's the devil's. Problem. The devil loved himself so much that he wanted to elevate himself above and beyond even God. And we saw what that did to mankind. Loving yourself is all about seeing yourself through the eyes of grace, not holding your sins and past mistakes against yourself while realizing that you are only who you are because of the love of God toward you and the grace of God that's upon your life, okay? We in ourselves are not all it. You understand that? Okay, we tap into this when we understand that God loved us first. He is the source of our love. God loved us even before Jesus gave Himself for us. So we do have value. We can't go around and just and just drag our, our noses to the ground. We are not God. God does not desire for us to have a, 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 an attitude about ourselves that we are worthless, that we are no good, that we are just to have no value. Not, think about this. Jesus died on the cross for us. That means. He is our value. He valued us so much that he was willing to go to the cross, and every one of us. Amen? Yes. Now, let's not get carried away on the other end of it, but let's have a healthy self-esteem. And a healthy self-esteem can be measured this way. If you are confident within yourself of who you are in Christ, and you are confident of the work that God is doing in you, then you will have a healthy attitude towards others. If you hold self-hatred, if you just disgust it with yourself, you keep beating yourself up because of mistakes that you made, first of all, we don't have time for this, but first of all, that, that's, that's a sign of pride, because none of us are perfect. Some of us want to be more not perfect than others, and that, that's pride. When you can't forgive yourself for making a mistake, that's pride. That's not humility, People person's humble. No, they're not humble. They can't accept the fact that they're imperfect. And so every time they make a mistake, they just they lose it. They just don't know how to deal with it. They can't face anybody. That's not humility. That's pride. You should be comfortable in your own skin to know you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You have flaws. You have character issues. You have things that you're still working through. Amen? So when you have a healthy assessment, you're not, you, know, you don't want to go all the way that way and just say, well, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to challenge myself because after all, I'm worthless. No, no, no. Have a healthy self-esteem. Understand who you are and understand that God is working in you. Amen? Amen. So this weekend, we finish up with part three. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, then we're going to have to have, uh, again, listen now very closely. If you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, then we're going to have to have a healthy assessment of that person or persons also. Are you listening to me? Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you have come to the place where you have a healthy self-esteem, where you have confidence in the fact of who God is making you into, then you cannot look at another person or persons that you're in relationship with less than that. In fact, we should esteem them more highly than ourselves. Amen? Because some people, nobody in here would ever do this. But some people delight in knocking other people down to make them look better. Did you ever meet one? Have you ever been one? We're going to have to look through the eyes of grace, just like we want. We're just like we want to be seen through the eyes of grace. We're not to be holding past sins or mistakes against them. Just like we would not have, we would not want to have past sins and mistakes, and even your current character flaws and issues constantly be brought up in your face, so then don't do that to others. A good, healthy relationship with another person is going to be a process. It is not going to be overnight. You do not build relationships. In fact, the worst disasters I have ever seen, and I'm sure you've had the same experience, maybe you've lived through that experience, is relationships that moved too fast, too quick, too close, too intense, never got a chance to know the other person, and you wake up one morning and you've got Frankenstein next to you. It's not something that should be done hastily. It's not something that should be thrown together. You don't understand, Pastor, my my biological clock is ticking. It's better that it ticks alone, honey, than with the wrong person. It's a lot like farming. Relationships are like farming. You got to start out with some good ground. Got to be good ground to start with. And then you start depositing seeds towards that relationship's future. But imagine if you had a field of really good soil, just beautiful, dark, rich, topsoil, and you've, and you've gone out and purchased the very best seed that you can it's not gonna happen automatic. Those seeds have to come out of the bag, out of the container, whatever they're being held in, and they've got to get planted. The seeds got to get planted, or the relationship never grows. Now, let's, can, can we just be real? Can we just be, let, let, let's just talk real. Some people, and maybe there's some of you here, some people are afraid to pursue future relationships because you got burned in the past. You gotta have faith. You gotta have trust. Of course, develop on the inside the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's not gonna hook you up with a person that's gonna make life hell for you. The Holy Spirit knows the end from the beginning, knows all about that other person. May sometimes show you things, but sometimes won't. Why? He loves that person just like he loves you. He's working in that person's heart, just like he's working in you. But you're going to have to step out in faith and trust, and you're going to have to commit your way, according to Proverbs 3, you're going to have to commit your way unto the Lord as you pursue relationship. Now, this isn't just as in dating. We always automatically try to go to the, the most common denominator. No, I'm talking about everything. I've seen people get involved in business relationships they had no business getting involved in. None whatsoever. If they would have listened to the Holy Spirit, they would have saved themselves decades of grief. You and I all know people that we've gotten involved in at one point or another in our lives. And sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes God will bring you into relationships for a season so that you you can become sharpened. You remember what it says in the scriptures that as iron sharpens iron, so does one sharpen the countenance of another. But you have to have faith. You've got to trust God. You can't be afraid. Now, do not override. If, you're, if you have been introduced to somebody, you meet somebody, you know, sometimes even like we've had opportunities, you move into a neighborhood and you start, you know, you meet the person on this side and meet the person on that side and maybe down the street and over here and over there. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, we want to force relationships. Just be discerning. Be discerning. Because relationships can be the greatest blessing, you and I all we know this. We know this. We've lived. A relationship could be a tremendous blessing, but it can also be a tremendous absolute disaster and curse. Now, once you're in it, you trust God that His grace is going to protect you. A grace, and sometimes you'll learn some things through the way. How many have learned some things? Turn to somebody and said, "Oh God, have I learned some things?" Go ahead. But you're going to have to trust. Good relationships do not just happen. Even if you've got the greatest soil and you've got the greatest seed, some, somewhere, sometime, you're going to have to dip into that. You're going to have to dip into your soul. You're going to have to pull out some good seed and deposit it in that ground so that you can see the relationship grow. And I know that scares some of us. Especially if you've had some failures in the past. Especially if you've had some relationships go wrong, go bad. You get to the point sometimes you say, just you know what, I only want to go out of the house. I'm not answering my phone. I don't want to see anybody. Don't want to know anybody. Don't trust anybody. That's dangerous. Because you see, we are here on this earth not to live for ourselves, but to take and to deposit the seeds. Watch this now the seeds that God has deposited in our hearts and we're to take them and deposit in the hearts of others. I'm so grateful for, the, for, the, for the, the friend that came into my life 34 years ago and, and although they were in the midst of disaster in their own lives, They they stepped out of themselves, put themselves aside, and they deposited seeds in my heart that, that just took off like this and brought me into salvation, brought me into a church, brought me into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, brought me into the fullness of the Word of God. I am so grateful that that person did not withhold that seed from my heart. Amen. So grace takes the seed of his love and the soil of our heart, and creates a godly relationship. Amen? Amen. Now, we've also got to be honest with each other and be realistic because we live in an age when offense is as common as breathing. I can't believe how people get so easily offended. I cannot believe the junk and the stupidity and the garbage that I see on social media back and forth because somebody expressed an opinion or somebody uh, said they like this or like that or they support this and support that. And it's like the whole world just goes crazy. Well, that offends me. Who cares? Who cares? Thank God we live in a country where we still have some freedom. Thank God we have God-given right to express our beliefs. Now, now, if you're nasty and you're intentionally controversial and you're intentionally like you're trying to poke somebody in the eye, that's a different story. But today, and I, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about Christians get so easily offended. I have marveled at the times. I've said this to my staff and leadership. No matter how many times you teach on offense, No matter how many times that you read the words from Jesus' lips himself about not taking offense, it never ceases to amaze me that even some of the people that have taught these things, as soon as they have the opportunity to get offended, they get offended. What is wrong with us? How are we going to have healthy relationships if we get offended over every little thing that goes on? And and some of you, I'll just tell you you right out, some of you should stay off of Facebook because you don't have what it takes to have a healthy back and forth. You should stay off. Stop arguing with other Christians on Facebook. Stop airing. Don't you have phones? Can't you call up? You have to broadcast. Why don't you just rent a billboard someplace? The people that are not Christians yet are watching. They're reading your posts. And they're saying, why would I be, why would I be one of them? They're just like us. How are you going to have healthy relationships? People get offended so easily. You say, no, not me. No, not me. Yeah, you Turn to somebody and say, no, not me. not me. Oh, no, not me. I'm not like that. Yeah, okay. Let's follow you around for about 24 hours. But the God kind of love is not easily offended or critical. Let me, can I bring you some really deep revelation? Can I just bring it out? Can I just, can I just be real honest here? Just bring some real, like, light bulb revelation. Everybody's going to do dumb things. That's your revelation. Because some of us live like, "No, I, no, I never do anything. Not me, not me. Yeah, you. Yeah. No one always is right. Nobody knows everything. The guy had a garage sale, had a whole set of encyclopedias out there. The person came up and said, how come you're selling this? I said, I don't need them anymore. My wife knows everything. <laughs> we are all a work in progress. Amen. Would you, would you admit that with me? We are all a work in progress. And if we're all a work in progress, how can we get offended at somebody that does something dumb or something wrong? How do you know what they're going through? How do you know what might have just happened in their lives and you just caught them when their last nerve is as raw as anything and then you get offended and then the relationship breaks and it's never the same. I don't care what anybody says. There's forgiveness, there's restoration, but it's never the same. You can't unscramble scrambled eggs. Colossians chapter three, verse 13. We're talking about healthy relationships, Right? We're talking about how we're going to love others as ourselves. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Read it again, because maybe some of you were yawning or something. Make allowance for each other's faults. So we're assuming here, if he knows what he's talking about, and this is inspired by the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit knows that every single one of us has faults. And so if you're going to have healthy relationships, unless unless you're going to live your life bitter. Hard hearted, don't want to be involved with anybody else, don't ever want to be in a relationship with another person. Unless you want to live that way, you're going to have to ahead of time decide in your life I can be a jerk, other people could be jerks. I know this ahead of time. So I'm going to make an allowance. I'm going to ahead of time make myself, keep myself aware. That sometimes people say things they don't mean. People say things that they do mean. And I should know how to shield myself. I can't help what somebody says to me. I can very much help how I process it. Make allowance for each other's faults. That means it's suggesting ahead of time. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love. If I, if I have to be commanded to clothe myself with love, that means that every morning when I get up, it, it's not automatically there. It's Watch well, this now. It's in here because when the Holy Spirit came to live inside of my spirit, he brought the love of God. But being in here and being clothed is two different things. You and I have got to make a decision that we're going to allow the love of God To come out from here and almost like, 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 and just come over and come over us. Yeah, it's in there. But you got to bring them out. It's in there. The love is in there. You can do it. You can walk in love. But you have to clothe yourself with it. You've got to make a conscious effort. I'm going to walk in love. Doesn't matter what somebody does to me. Doesn't matter what somebody says to me. Doesn't matter somebody snubs me. Doesn't matter. I'm going to process through this. Let me read it to you in the passion paraphrase. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release. There it is. There it is. There it's coming out and going on. Release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each one of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Now I know there's nobody in this room, no one that even calls new beginnings their home, that ever acts like a baby. I know we're, we're all over that. Where somebody says the slightest little thing and you take it and run with it and you get offended and you, you blow up like a bullfrog like, who do they think they are? Calm down. Mature. Grow up. Allow stuff that happens in life to season you. When my wife and I were first married, we had a house had a fireplace in it. I grew up in the city. I didn't know anything about it. I was the last person that had any business having a fireplace in the house. I didn't know what some country people... I thought you could just cut down a piece of wood, go cut a tree, shove it in the fireplace. We found out the hard way. Sputtering, wet, green. There's no fire. There's no smoke here, but there's no fire. We're choking. And then somebody taught me, you can't just do that. Maybe next year, cut down the wood, you have to let it season. Now, what does it to mean to season? Seasoning wood, thank God the wood has no feelings. You leave it out there in the, in the cold. You leave it exposed to the sun you just let it sit there and just sometimes it gets moldy and stuff, but you just leave it out there. It's exposed. It's exposed to all the weather. Sometimes if we would wise up and realize that in order to become seasoned, mature individuals, you're gonna be exposed to some things. We wanna shelter. We wanna just get me out, just get, bring, me, bring me to my little safe place. Shut up. How are you going to grow up? How's your, how are you going to get seasoned? How are you going to mature? Unless you, you, you get slapped around a little bit once in a while. Now, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about sometimes the greatest thing that people can do is tell us the truth. It hurts, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts, it hurts, but it's going to mature you. I've trained myself. I, I wish I was perfect all the time, but I've tried to train myself over the years that when someone comes and brings a, a, like a criticism, yeah, it hurts, but I've always tried to train myself to wait a second, wait a second, don't go for their throat yet. Don't go for their throat yet. Just, just measure, is there anything in here that is possibly true? And I learned that from an incident in David's life. David is king of Jerusalem. David's son tried to throw him off the throne and take the kingdom away from him. And so his son is marching in one, one gate of Jerusalem as David and his men and his generals and his soldiers and are leaving through the back door. And there was somebody out there who starts cursing David and throwing dust and throwing dirt at David and cursing him. And one of David's generals says to him, you want me to go take this dead dog's head off? And David says, leave him alone. Maybe the Lord has sent him. If we would learn to listen and not automatically get in that, that when criticisms come, that we would just sit back and say, okay, is, Lord, is, is, is there anything here that's there's some truth that I can learn from? Maybe, I, maybe I can, I can, it can bring me some correction so that, so that I'm maturing now. Because if you're going to get your feelings hurt, my feeling is this. If I'm going to get my feelings hurt, let me at least get some gold out of this thing. You know what I'm talking about? Let me at least learn something here so so that my hurt and my emotions are not wasted. Tolerate the weaknesses of those of the family of faith. Forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven. Love does become the mark of true maturity. We get betrayed sometimes in relationships. Recently, I watched a TV program about FBI trainees that were forced to spend time together to really get to know each other. And what develops is initially thought to be like a really good, hardcore, open, just spill your guts relationship. Everybody thought they knew each other until finally, when the pressure comes on. All of a sudden, they start realizing this person's not who they, we thought they were, that person's not who we thought they were. And in one confrontation, one of the supervisors says, how could, you, how could that even bother you? Don't you know nobody is who they say they are? Now, we as Christians would say, oh, no, no, Pastor, I disagree with you. You know, as cynical as it might sound, from time to time, we all put masks on. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care how mature or immature you are in the things of God. We all put masks on. We want people to like us, so act a certain way, talk a certain way. We want people to look up to us, so we position ourselves to be something that maybe we're not yet. But the truth is, we all have our flaws. We all have our carnal side. think about this. It shouldn't really surprise us when stuff happens like this, if we're making allowances ahead of time. But think about this. I just thought about this recently. Think about what the disciples must have felt like when they witnessed Judas betraying Jesus with a kiss. Now, we know the whole story because we're reading it 2,000 years later. But the disciples had no idea what Judas was capable of. If they did, when when Jesus said, when are you going to betray me, they would have all looked at Judas. No, no, they start looking among themselves. Some of them even went to Jesus and said, Lord, is it me? They had no idea. They thought Judas was somebody else completely. Imagine the shock when they, th- this guy? Peter thought to himself, surely it's got to be me because, and, and eventually that night, he started heading in the same direction before the rooster crowed the next morning. He denied Jesus. But the rest of them were like, Judas, this guy's like, he didn't come from Galilee with the rest of them country bumpkins. Judas came from Iscariot, a town that was supposed to be known for intellectuals. Imagine how betrayed they must have felt. Imagine how devastated they were. Now think about the last time somebody showed their true selves to you. And you had to make the choice that you're either going to swallow it and forgive and move on or you're going to cause that relationship to destroy you and the betrayal to hurt you. The the, the saddest part about the whole story was Jesus would have forgiven Judas just as as he had forgiven Peter. Peter didn't do anything less than Judas. Judas. But Peter hung around. Peter was willing to let Jesus forgive him. Peter was willing to go on living knowing, I'm the one that betrayed Jesus. I'm the one that denied I knew him. Judas did not even hang around long enough. He hung himself. He took his own life. Because he could not come to the place to realize, I did this. Instead of it causing remorse that drove him to the Lord, his pride and his arrogance Caused him to take his own life. Jesus made allowances for everyone's flaws. It was said in the gospel that he knew the hearts of men. In order to love others as yourself, we must anticipate each other's weaknesses and flaws, yet still believe the best. Yet still believe the best. We've got to anticipate them. Not that we're hoping for it. Not that you come to church and go, man, I hope Pastor Joe's in a really bad mood. Not to anticipate it, but to be prepared for it when it shows up. Amen? Love, Loving others involves celebrating together as well as mourning together. We're talking about the ways how we're going to love others as we would want to be loved. Loving others as ourselves. And so loving others in relationship is going to have to involve celebrating together, listen up, as well as mourning together together. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And let's let's just be honest with each other here again. Can't have healthy relationships without honesty. Celebrating can be difficult for us at times. It really can. Especially if your neighbor is getting something that you don't have yet. Something that you've longed for. Something that you believe God for and all of a sudden you see somebody else, for, for example, you see somebody, somebody that you're in a relationship with gets a new job, and, you're, and you've been waiting for a new job. They get a new job. Pregnancy. You've been trying and trying and trying, can't get pregnant. All of a sudden this other person, boom, they sneeze and they get pregnant. If you don't watch your heart, it'll be difficult for you to celebrate. But the scriptures command us, if we're gonna have healthy relationships with others, we're gonna to have to celebrate when they celebrate, we're gonna to have to mourn when they mourn. Mourning with our neighbors can be hard, too. Because we don't know what to say. Sometimes, believe me, as many funerals and, and viewings and memorial services I've done over the years, I've heard some of the stupidest things people say. And, and it's, it's just, sometimes we should just, just keep our mouths shut. The person there doesn't want to be told that their, their loved one's in a better place. That's wonderful, but they, need they want them here. We're all going to go. All of us that believe in Jesus Christ are going to go to a better place. It's not comfortable when we say, you know, they're in a better place. Yeah, but I want them here. I want them here. I want them here to celebrate holidays. I want them here for birthdays. I want them here for anniversaries. Sometimes we're better off if we would just hold a person's hand Just say, I'm sorry, I'm here for you. Instead of the cliches. Loving your neighbor as yourself is about showing up. It's about being there with your heart open, allowing them to be who they are, to show your support. I realize this in thinking about this topic. At the cross, when Jesus is crucified, there's only one of the disciples that was there. That was young John. And there's no record of him saying anything. Just being there with Mary, as they both watched the one that they loved die a horrible death. Loving others as ourselves sometimes is gonna be as simple as just be there. Just be there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just just be there. Just, just sit there. Some of us have a hard time doing that because we think we have to fix everything. In a situation like that, when someone's lost a loved one, they don't need us to fix it. We can't fix it. But we can be there. Amen? Finally, loving your neighbor means serving them. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Jesus said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. God, who is love, came to serve. Love serves. For you to love your neighbors yourself, you've got to have the heart to serve them. Let them know that you're there for them. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of us have varying gifts, abilities. Loving your neighbor means that you love them with what you have, with what you're capable of. Demonstrate love, don't just talk about it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just talk about it. De- I would rather have love demonstrated than for somebody tell me how much they love me. They love me, they love me, they love me. But, but where are you? Think about this. In the parable, we call the parable of the Good Samaritan, the story that Jesus told. He told the story about a man who was beaten and robbed and left for dead. Religious leaders, religious leaders, priests and teachers who probably had themselves taught about love crossed on the other side when they came and saw the man there. A Samaritan a person who was a non-Jew, walking in the same path, sees the same individual. He stops and cares for this person. Cleans his wounds. Picks him up, puts him on his donkey, brings him to the next place and inn. And not only cares from there, but then gives money to the innkeeper and says, take care of him. If there's any more money that I owe you when I come back this way, I will pay you serve others demonstrate your love demonstrate God's love in you by serving others not just talking about it not just talking about it amen Amen. to serve people means to influence people with the same love that first attracted you to Jesus Matthew 5 14 you are the light of the world the city set on a hill cannot be hidden Nor do they light a lamp and put it on their basket, but put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? Amen? So let's wrap this up. Let's wrap up this series. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, Jesus said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's remind ourselves of these things. The foundation is love God with a solid love. Have a solid love for God because that solid love for God is going to be a solid relationship that you'll have with others. Love yourself not for self-worship but for the sake of others. Get settled on the inside. Develop an honest self-assessment. Let God fix what needs to be fixed. Then you won't be a disaster going someplace to happen in another person's life. Have pity on other people. Get yourself Right. Get healed on the inside. And finally, love others deeply with the same love that you would want a safe, healthy, non damaging love that promotes the interest of others while being satisfied with who Jesus is making you into. Amen? Amen. 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 Why don't you just bow your heads? We're going to pray. Father, thank you so much for this series, for all the information, God, the scripture. The anointing on your word, Father, that has been stirred up in us now. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would go forth this weekend taking hold of these principles, allowing you to fix the things on the inside of us, Father. Allowing you to heal our wounds, heal our disappointments, Father, so that we don't project those on others, And that out of the love that we have for you, God, we would develop and nurture and nourish healthy relationships with others that we may love others as ourselves. And Father, we're so grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ who taught us these principles. We're so grateful for your word that is the power of God in our lives to change us, to equip us, to make us a blessing to other people's lives. Father, we give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.